Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to Morbid early and ad-free. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. You're listening to a Morbid Network podcast. Audible lets you enjoy all your audio entertainment in one app. You'll always find the best of what you love or even something new to discover. They offer an incredible selection of audiobooks across every single genre, from bestsellers and new releases to celebrity memoirs, mysteries, thrillers, which I'm super into lately, motivation, wellness, business, and even more. Audible's the destination for thrilling audio entertainment with highly anticipated new releases and next listen recommendations to habituate every type of thriller listener. Keep your heart rate up month after month with this pulse-pounding collection that you can't hear anywhere else. I actually just finished listening to, it's one of my favorite stories, but listening to it was even cooler. It was The House Across the Lake by Riley Sager. It's narrated by Bernadette Dunn, and I think they just have one of the best voices for an audiobook. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash morbid or text morbid to 500-500. That's audible.com slash morbid or text morbid to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Audible.com slash morbid. Hey guys, I have to tell you about this all-in-one shake that I'm freaking loving. It's called Kachava. I love saying it. It's actually hands down the best thing that I've found to help me get all my essential nutrients into one day. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, in other words, literally everything that your body craves to feel your best. And I know what you're thinking. Something that good for me cannot possibly taste good. Mm, wrong. That's where Kachava really earns their over 52,000 five-star reviews. It actually tastes freaking amazing. It's very creamy and smooth, and it comes together with just water. And it comes in five delicious flavors. Personally, vanilla and chai are my personal favorites, but it also comes in chocolate, matcha, and coconut acai, which I still need to try. Some people like to drink it as part of a healthy breakfast or lunch, and other people love it as a protein-packed snack before or after a workout. It's really perfect for that because it has 25 grams of plant protein per serving. Personally, I like to add mine to my overnight oats. I add a scoop and I mix it all up to get a little more protein into my oats, and literally I can have that for breakfast and feel satiated, nourished, beautiful, functioning, all throughout my day. It's incredible. Please send me more of it because I love it so much. It makes me feel very, very good. And guess what, guys? Kachava is offering our listeners 10% off for a limited time. Just go to kachava.com slash morbid, spelled K-A-C-H-A-V-A, and get 10% off your first order. That's K-A-C-H-A-V-A dot com slash morbid. Ah, uh, hey, hey, weirdos. I'm Ash. I'm Elena. And this is Morbid and something really fucking creepy just happened. No line was cut, no whale was freed, and the captain's mind was not on read, but he belonged to the whaleman's creed. She took that ship in tow. Soon may the whalerman come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. Morbid Haunted as Fuck Edition and first it was Haunted Edition and now it is Haunted as Fuck Edition. Because when we started this out, we're like, cool, it's spooky lighthouses, guys. It's volume two. We're very excited. Haunting things are fun. 
and then I was moving my microphone around a little bit to get it more comfortable. And I was like, oh, you know what? Let me stop recording and just check to make sure that it's not making any like boom, boom, boom sounds. Right. And this is what happened. This is what happened when we recorded the first one. Be ready. Hey, weirdos. I am Ash. And I'm Elena. And this is Morbid Spooky Lighthouses Edition Volume 2 I'm so excited for more spooky lighthouses. Yeah. So, so uh So yeah, I I don't know what that means. I don't I don't I don't know if we're supposed to be doing this episode, but we're we're going to forge ahead. We're going to go forth and conquer. It's going to be like the or, the Oregon Trail and we're just going to forge across the river. Yeah, that was a lot. Let's hope we don't get like yellow fever. Yeah. Um well, yeah, we cut most of that like first part cuz we didn't want your ears to start bleeding in your car. No. But we were explaining that we're going to do like a fucking haunted week this week. Yeah. And just have a bunch of haunted episodes because they're fun. They are fun. We're just feeling in a spooky mood. We're feeling like we want to be ghosty. Yeah. I just like the summer is starting mm. and I, it's making me miss October. Yeah. And you know, I, I feel like every haunted place obviously has to do with some tragedy or death or murder of some kind that mm-hmm. happens with it. So it's very interlocked with true crime. At least we're going to find ones that are. And I feel like, you know, sometimes we just need a week of, of spooky true crime instead of just like straight up true crime yeah and that's why we named it morbid because it's all encompassing it's morbid man and you know what if you have ghosts you have everything so we're just not going to explain that further because (laughs) if you know you know and if you don't you don't but go listen to ghost (laughs) that that gives it away (laughs) that's how you know you know i just love you guys and you'll have i want you to be right so (laughs) i'm giving you this all right well let's start yeah, let's get into spooky lighthouses because I'm ready. Okay, so we each picked, you have one, right? Like one massive one? Yeah, I have one that was just too much. <laughs> too much. <laughs> but shocking. That's so crazy. Yeah. So yeah, Elena has one super like haunted lighthouse and I have two. And just to start this whole thing off, we thought it would be fun to start with a listener tale from a lighthouse that we did in volume one. Exactly. So I'm not sure if I can say this person's name. They'll probably tell me while I'm reading it. So it starts off and it says, my adventures in the St. Simmons Lighthouse. Hi, weirdos. I think it's Simons. Is it? I think it is. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Is it S-I-M-O-N? Yeah, it is. It's Simon. <laughs> it is Simon. You're right. I'm leaving. So we're already off to a great start we're here. Hi, weirdos. Fellow millennial Capricorn here. Oh, hey. Oh, Oh, hello. Okay. I hail from the pretty okay state of Georgia. I was <laughs> delighted after a shitty day at work to select your Haunted Lighthouses episode to listen to it while crying in the shower. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry that you were crying in the shower, but like we've all been there. Yeah. Although I live in Athens, my home away from home is St. Simon's Island. Growing up, my family would visit at least once a year. I've spent days, if not weeks, riding my bike up and down the island, and I have come across some seriously spooky places and stories. Oh, I love that. I've been to the lighthouse count times and the stairs to the top are indeed very creepy. You can tour the lighthouse, including the living quarters on the second floor. I have attached a photo of a creepy doll that hangs out in the nursery. I haven't heard any doggos barking in that lighthouse, (laughs) but there definitely is a feeling attached to the building. The first floor is a museum. There is a bust of an amazing black woman named Nora August. As a young enslaved woman during the Civil War, she was freed and went on to live her own life. The inscription on that bust reads, quote, Nora August, slave, at age 23 years, purchased from the market St. Augustine Flaw. Oh, that's so weird. 
Oh, St. Augustine. I didn't even do that on purpose. Oh, that's weird. Super weird. Whoa. April 17th, 1860. Now a free woman. And then it says, Nora August. Know her. Respect her. Yes. I do. I love it. And also that was weird because... The lighthouse that I'm doing is the St. Augustine Lighthouse. Yeah. That's why that was super weird. strange. Yeah, we were yeah. just like, we were like, that's weird and we're not going to tell <laughs> you gonna why. We're not going to tell you why. Being very <laughs> secretive today. Ha ha ha. So here are a few other St. Simon's tales. Igbo Landing. I think that's right. Maybe should we look it up? Igbo? Igbo? I'm going to look it up. I guess it could be I- Igbo, but Igbo I'm, I'm feeling like it's Igbo. Landing. Pronounce. Pronunciation. It's like pronouncenames.com. Let's see. Oh, that's British, so it sounds better. She said Igbo. Igbo landing. Igbo landing. You can just say it like that. Okay. Igbo landing. There you go. In May 1803, the Igbo people of Nigeria (laughs) were stolen as captives and arrived in Savannah, Georgia to enter the slave trade. These enslaved people were chained and packed under the deck of a coastal vessel, which would take them to St. Simon's. Before they could land ashore, about 75 Igbo people rebelled, took, rebelled, excuse me, took control of the ship, drowned their captors, and finally landed the ship in Dunbar Creek. Damn! Following their arrival in the muddy marshes, they turned back to the water rather than live as enslaved people the men died by a mass suicide (gasps) supposedly still in their chains according to blackpast.org about a dozen bodies were uncovered and the rest were lost to history and legend wow that is is heavy that's why that place is so heavy oh man all right the next tale the next tale there's one of those souls coming out they're always lurking mary dewanda As with most islands, there is a legend of a love story that ended in tragedy on St. Simon's. Hundreds of years ago, a woman named Mary lost her betrothed to a violent storm. Horrified and heartsick, she ran into the waves, perhaps on a horse, and died. There's now a rumor of a wandering lover haunting the shores of St. Simon's. There's always a wandering lover. There always is. It has to be. I want to be a wandering lover, but like I don't all at the same time. No. I want to see a wandering lover and like give her a hug. Yeah, I want to see one and just be like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. But I don't want to be one. Here's here's Tinder. Start swiping. <laughs> there you go. Here, and we're like, actually, it won't be okay. It will not be okay. <laughs> so I was like, what are you trying to do to this poor person? I'm just making her more lost. <laughs> Looking for her lost beau who drowned at sea. Known as Mary Dewanda or Mary the Wanderer. Ah. She can be seen in the evenings walking up and down the beach with a lantern. Oh. Always with a lantern. I always I got like chills when you said that. Doesn't she sound beautiful though? She well that's I picture this woman just walking along the beach holding the lantern. I see like the wind blowing these really like ethereal skirts back. And they're white. Yeah, and it's all very gauzy and very just like Yes. Airy and back then was like so much spooky. It wasn't better, but like it was better than now. It just looked it was like prettier at times. Yeah, it was more more (laughs) surreal. That's all it was. It was aesthetic. (laughs) It was. All right. The light in the graveyard is the next one. I'm for it. Christ Church Cemetery is a gorgeous old graveyard near near Ford I can do this. Near Ford Frederica on St. Simon's Island. You did it. I did it. Long ago, a man lost his wife to an illness. The widower knew that his beloved was terrified of the dark, so he visited her grave every night to make sure that she had a lit candle illuminating her tomb. And I can't even get a text back. My heart just exploded. What love. That's literally love. I don't want you to be scared of the dark when you're dead. So I'm going to light a candle by you all the time. They say that you can still see a flickering light in the cemetery after dark, long after both lovers have passed away. I'm obsessed. Oh, 
I love that. They also say, my friends and I run a YouTube channel called Country Fried Cryptid. Stop it. I think I've seen their YouTube channel. I think I have too. And it's awesome. Yes. Oh my God. Where we explore spooky sites in Georgia. We even visited the place where Marion Stembridge lived his worst life in Milledgeville. Stop it. We are on a hiatus, but hope to get back to investigating haunted Georgia again soon. I hope so. That is amazing. And then they said, side note, for my birthday this year, I ventured up north to sleep over at the Lizzie Borden house. Yes. Well, I didn't get any spooky vibes. Whoa. Interesting. That's shocking. I did find it amusing that someone left an ibuprofen in the offering plate upstairs in the John Morse room. That's amazing. You know, for those headaches that the Bordens must have been having in the afterlife. Yeah. I think it's probably nice to do. I hope you enjoy these photos, including me cosplaying Mary Duwanda, one of Dunbar Creek, and one of me trying to climb an oak tree. I will be sure to keep it weird down south for both of you. Thank you. I'm not going to say this person's name because they didn't specify but their youtube channel that's true is pretty rad so check out their youtube channel oh that's so funny i definitely have come across that and i've definitely watched videos and like as soon as i read it i was into it that sounds really familiar that's really cool that was also just like the perfect opening to this episode because you gave us like a little tidbit of each tale and you said it so beautifully thank you for doing that because that was like a really well put together it was history there i liked that a lot i loved that All right, so should we start off with St. Augustine, do you think? Yeah, let's start off with St. Augustine, because I also have a listener tale that can set us up for that. Oh, my goodness. Listen to you. And by the way, if you've sent in, which you've sent in tons of Lighthouse stories and suggestions Mm -hmm. and listener tales, we love them. Keep them coming. We're going to read those on listener tales episodes as well, so they won't get lost in the shuffle and not used if they're not used with the particular Lighthouse episode. Mm -hmm. So just... I wanted to make sure people knew that. And to specify, you could totally like go, because I saw a couple that were like, I won't bore you with like my whole yeah. experience there. And I'm like, no, no, no. That and it's like, bore oh no, me. give it to me. Yeah. Like suggest it and then tell me your experience. And also I just realized that this is even weirder because this one's about St. Augustine, but it mentions St. Simon's. What the fuck? I oh, just guys, realized that. We did we not, did plan, not that. plan this whatsoever. We each pulled these tales separately. Completely separately. Wow. Weird. What's happening today? There's a lot of haunted shit happening but right I, now. Well, this feels just like that feels we're right. in line. And also you and I have like been really in line yeah. lately. Like we were recording Scream last night and I swear I like took a thought from your head and yeah. said it aloud. It happened several times. And it was like like a like a complex thought. Yeah. Like not just a regular like yeah, I want chicken for dinner. Yeah, you would suddenly say something and I was like I was just thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's, we rearranged here. the room. Yeah, maybe that's maybe what it is. It's like a nice vibe. Yeah, maybe the shui is going The shui is good. Unlike other programs, Noom Weight uses a psychology-based approach to help people better understand their relationship with food. It teaches them how to be more mindful of the way that they eat and gives them the skills and knowledge that they need to build long-lasting, positive habits. Guys, personally, my experience in the past is always being so overwhelmed when I start the process of like getting back on my health grind. Not only is it super intimidating heading back into the gym and familiarizing yourself with all the equipment and like every person that you ever went to high school with, but the wellness industry is throwing things at you left and right between all the different supplements and like what feels like really strict rules around eating healthy. That is exactly why I love Noom. Noom believes that the only place you really need to start with is your mind. 
With Noom Weight, you'll take a path toward better health one lesson at a time. Their psychology-based approach helps you change the way you think about food and health rather than demanding you to change your entire lifestyle. That is just not going to be good. When I started Noom, I had no idea that there was actually so much psychological meaning behind all the different choices that I made surrounding my diet. I'll give you an example. I always felt like I was supposed to finish the plate of food in front of me because that's how I grew up as a kid and I know that's how a lot of people grew up as kids. So over the years, I did not listen to my body when it felt full, but instead I was like subconsciously following rules from my childhood. Ever since I've recognized that, it's become so much easier to just listen to my body and now I recognize when I'm truly done with a meal and satiated. I'm also enjoying exercise so much more than I used to because I'm eating cleaner, fueling my body, and looking at exercise as an amazing thing that my body can do instead of like a weird punishment for eating a cupcake. Noom truly catered to my personal experience and I really appreciate that because Noom doesn't believe in restricting what you can or can't eat. Instead, Noom gives you the knowledge and the wisdom that you need to make informed choices that are going to help you to get closer to your goals. Noom understands that building long-term positive habits can be hard and filled with ups and downs. That's why Noom believes that it is about progress, not perfection, because everybody's journey looks different. Start building better habits today. Sign up for your trial at noom.com slash morbid. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash morbid to sign up for your free trial. Noom.com slash morbid. So let's start, shall we? Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, hello there, spooky gals. My name is Leanna. I hope I'm saying that right. It's Leanna. Let me see. Leanna. Yeah, Leanna. Hi. Feel free to use my name on the off chance this tale graces your eyeballs and magically finds itself in a future episode. That time is now. Or the on chance. I was so excited about your new Haunted Lighthouse series. I'm so glad you guys were excited about that because I love these. Your girl loves a good haunting and I have a personal experience with lighthouse ghosts. My BFF and fellow weirdo sent me the first lighthouse episode. Shout out to my girl Deanna. Oh, oh Deanna De- and oh, Deanna Leanna. Leanna. I love that. Because we were actually planning a trip to St. Simon's la- Island later this summer. Weird. I immediately started looking into lighthouse tours. I'm a veterinary nurse. Oh, I love you. You're an angel, you mean? Yeah, and would love for the chance to see the ghost of the of Bull the dog. Now on to my own personal haunted lighthouse experience. Feel free to edit as needed if you feel the need to con- condense down to the juicy parts of the lighthouse episode. I will not do that. Nay. I grew up in Florida and would visit the St. Augustine lighthouse almost yearly as part of school field trips. I remember as a child getting always getting a strange feeling when we went up the iconic lighthouse, but it wasn't until I was in my late 20s that I finally got the chance to do their ghost tour. As an empath who has had my fair share of paranormal experiences, I was excited to finally hopefully experience something at a place I grew up visiting and learning the history of. I've submitted another listener tale of the other ghostly encounters if you're interested in hearing more. Obviously. I'm going to keep your, your name in in consideration and i'm gonna search that shit right after this me too you're on the next listener (laughs) at the start of the tour guests were handed one emf reader per group and were instructed to try to be as respectful and take things as seriously as possible in hopes of maximizing the chance for an encounter this is where i shot a glaring side eye at my too cool for school younger brothers who at this point were scoffing and disinterested to put it mildly My husband, Matt, was the one who was most excited for the tour, so he started as the one holding the EMF reader. Everything started relatively uneventful. We walked around, Matt asking questions, hoping to cause the EMF to light up. So far, nothing. 
During the tour, we learned of a lighthouse keeper, I'm going to talk about him, Peter Rasmussen, who, to summarize, was fond of two things, cigars and being strict. I love that. That's like Papa. It really is. He's fond of more than just that. Yeah, but cigars he loves. He does. It was said he was a stickler for manners, and he hated when gentlemen would wear hats indoors. Well, guess who is currently breaking that rule? (laughs) My husband and two brothers, all prancing around inside with their ball caps. I suggested to Matt that I try holding the EMF. The second it touched my hand, it lit up like a fucking Christmas tree. Hell yeah. To test it wasn't a fluke, I asked some questions. Is somebody here with us? Lights. Did you used to work here? More lights. Do you wish these young gentlemen would remove their hats while inside? Lights going fucking crazy. He's like, take your fucking hat off. He's like, ding, ding, ding. The lights timed perfectly with the questions. So it was decided I was the designated EMF gal for the remainder of the tour, much (laughs) to my husband's chagrin. This is also where my brothers started switching from disinterest to the heebie-jeebies. They felt extremely on edge the rest of the tour. That'll come into play later. Oh, and when I returned to that spot of the initial interaction later in the evening, I couldn't help but detect the faint smell of smoke, even though the area was a smoke-free zone. My asthmatic ass has been well-trained to know when smoke is present. It ain't easy being wheezy. (laughs) (laughs) Always funny. My other experience, I believe, was with one of the young girls who tragically passed while playing in a construction cart that smashed into the bay. I'm going to go into that when I go into that episode. Oh, sad. We are at the innkeeper's house where there are several tales of the girls tugging on clothing and playing hide and seek. Women are primarily who report having these interactions. I was sitting on a bench with my husband and one of my brothers. The other was already waiting in the car at this point. Still holding the EMF, I decided to ask some questions targeting the little girls. Are one of the girls here? Nothing. My name is Leanna. I'd like to play a game with you if you'd like. One little light flash. Would you prefer it if the boys left? Another teensy flash. At this point, my brother brother declared, fuck this, and went to join the other by the car. (laughs) My husband switched to a bench further away. I placed the EMF reader down on the bench on the exact spot where my brother was sitting. Lights all the way to red. I locked eyes with my husband who saw the whole exchange and he gave me a nod to continue. I spent the next 10 minutes or so playing a guessing game with whatever spirit had graced me with her presence. I would try to guess things like her favorite color and the EMF would light up like crazy when I got the answer right. Even though I didn't experience anything crazy like a full-body apparition or disembodied voices, I still can't deny that the experiences I had were anything but paranormal and very exciting. My brothers to this day don't like talking about the tour, and I'm convinced they sensed something that made them uncomfortable. Thanks for reading my spoopy tales, and definitely keep it so weird that you stay open to experiences because you never know what little ghost girl just wants to play a game with a kind stranger, but not so weird that you traumatize some teenage boys who just wanted to wear a baseball cap. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that. Thank you, Leanna. Thank you. And that's going to play really nicely into my tale now. Let's go. So I'm covering the St. Augustine Lighthouse. Yeah, y'all. It was built in 1874, the one that is at least... So it was actually on there in one form or another in on this island from way back in 1586. Shit. Is actually when there was like versions of this lighthouse. That was a long ass time ago. But the one we're going to talk about was built in 1874 originally. It is on, it is 100 Red Cox Road is where you can find it. And that's in St. Augustine, Florida. Alrighty. Now, I didn't realize while I began researching this that St. Augustine is the oldest city in America. Oh, I didn't realize that either. I had no idea. For some reason, in my mind, it would be like Salem. Yeah, (laughs) Salem. Yeah, 
Like somewhere in it's a, I mean, that was like, what, 16 whatever? Yeah. So, yeah, I could see why you thought that. And then, like, you think, like, Roanoke oh, and all I, that, yeah. you know? And this was before that. Which is crazy. crazy. Yeah. Now, it was established by the Spanish in 1565, and it was named after St. Augustine, who was the patron saint of brewers. He was apparently a hard partier with a, quote, with wicked living and false beliefs. And then he was converted and became chill. So he's now the patron, the patron saint of stopping vices and chilling the fuck out, basically. I kind of feel like in the beginning he was me yeah and then he became you yeah like so st augustine is kind of like the dual sides he runs throughout us yeah wow yeah he sounded like a really fun time yeah so he's just now the patron saint of you know stopping fucking around and chilling the fuck out he's the patron saint of fuck around and find out truly now there were lighthouses before this one like i said as early as 1586 but they were destroyed by you guessed it the Civil War. Yeah. Or just fell prey to the elements and erosion. Like mm-hmm. a couple, like at least one of them just like fell into the sea. Um, Imagine so, just like, home. Yeah, the sea's just like, like home. Scoop. I'll take that. So this was, this one was built in 1874 and it still stands. In, in 1981, it was added to the National Register of Historic Places. And you can go visit if you want. I want. I want to. I literally wrote, go do it. <laughs> I will (laughs) do it. It had keepers, like actual lighthouse keepers, until about 1955, when they were able to use the wonder of technology to make the light automated. I feel like every lighthouse that I read about at some point or another became automated. Oh, yeah. And it was usually around like the 50s or 60s. And it kind of takes away the spooky greatness of a lighthouse to me, which is like a bummer. Like it needs a keeper. Get the electricity out of there. I need a keeper. Right. Just light the flame. I I digress. Now it has 219 stairs in it and it is uh, the observation deck is 165 feet up. All the way up. Very high up. Now, back in the good old days, there were sometimes up to it was there were sometimes up to three lighthouse keepers at once that had to be running this lighthouse. There was always like a a head keeper mm-hmm. and like two assistants. Yep. And shit went down, my friends. There were some real tragedies that happened with the keepers over the years, and I get so excited when I can find a newspaper about oh. a ghost story, especially the origins of a ghost story. Because then you can actually be like, oh, this is for real. Like, this isn't just like a rumor. Exactly. And I found one for yes. this one. So I'm happy. It's like, yes, confirmed. So we're going to go through the tragedies and the deaths that have occurred here. And then we're going to talk about the paranormal activity that has cropped up as a result of these. LFG. Now, the first thing that I want to chat about is the tragic tale of Joseph Andrew, who was the keeper in 1859. He was 60 years old, and he was known as a kind and respectful man. Hell yeah. He was doing his thing, in fact, called a very worthy keeper and a very worthy man by the Charleston Daily Courier. Okay. And at the time of his death, he was whitewashing the siding of the lighthouse. So he was like way up. And he was still working. 60 years old. And according to the reports that day, the wind was wild. Oh. He was standing on some scaffolding and it was bucking to and fro. Uh. Tragically, he fell from the scaffolding. And according to the article, which goes into graphic detail about exactly of what course, happened. Because it was probably like an old timey newspaper. Of course, it's from 1850 something. Yeah, they're like, he fell off and three of his ribs fell out and his eyeball was over there. Well, not quite that, but it's still 
crazy. It said, <laughs> quote, he first struck the roof of the oil room 30 feet down once he glanced off and struck the stone wall, which encloses the lighthouse, and thence to the ground, a stone pavement. Oof. It said it was about a 60 foot fall from where he went, oh. and he died almost instantly. But neighbors heard his screams that day from very far away. Oh, that stresses me out. Yeah. Now, a very interesting and cool thing did come from this tragedy. So there is something good that came out of this a little bit. Joseph's wife, Maria, was obviously devastated by the tragic loss of her husband. And so according to reports, she said she went to the top of the lighthouse afterwards, all the way, 165 feet up. And in her grief, she just walked out onto that observation deck in her nightgown and she just said into the whatever, what do I do? Oh. And she claims, and she claimed very adamantly that she heard her husband's voice in the wind say, tend to the light. My body did the... Like that too, that little like... (laughs) Yeah. And he said, tend to the light. Love, you're going to make me fucking cry out here today. And she, crying in the club is what you're going to do. Crying in the... Elena loves (laughs) when I say that. I love when you say that. But yeah, he said, tend to the light. So she knew exactly what she had to do. Oh, she and was sitting that, alone in VIP. I don't know what that means, but yes. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Candy Muse. Oh yeah, absolutely. And she said, <laughs> so she knew exactly what she had to do here. And she got the entire community to back her. They all came together for her. And she became the first female lighthouse keeper in Florida history, being paid equally as the men in the job, and became the first Hispanic American in the United States Lighthouse Service. Hell to the motherfucking yeah. Isn't that amazing to come out of that tragedy? She went up there and her husband said, take care of the light. And she said, I will. I I will one up that. I will do even more. She said, I will become the first woman ever to do all the things. Isn't she amazing? So she like did the damn thing. Hell yes. The community was totally behind her. Amazing. Which is just really cool. Wow. I love this. And I feel like it's going to get so sad and creepy. It gets really sad but no one is like evil in this yeah like, everyone it's and we'll get to it at the end but like people who go to see this place there's definitely some heaviness because there's a lot of tragedy of course but nothing feels unwelcoming or angry people say all right nothing feels like malignant you yeah know? well because it seems like i mean obviously we're at the beginning but the two people or the one person who has passed away seemed like a great guy well and they everybody who ran this place seems like seemed like they loved it right and then the people who take care of it now really love it so they're so i feel like there's just a lot of like care put into this place that's the thing and i think it comes out the energy you put into your house or the place you live is the energy you get back exactly now next we have william harn he became head lighthouse keeper after all of that now he had a lot of military service and then he moved to charleston actually where he worked on a light ship before coming becoming head keeper of the saint augustine lighthouse in 1864 so he was right after maria's uh turn as head lighthouse keeper he moved there with his wife kate and their five daughters ruby molly catherine charlotte and ida eventually they would have a sixth daughter named grace adorable so Very he's got cute Ruby, Molly, Catherine, Charlotte, Ida, and Grace. I love. And it autocorrected to Grave. <laughs> and I was and like, the youngest I was about was to be like, Grave. So metal. But <laughs> no. Uh, he was the head keeper of this lighthouse for 14 years. Dang. Tragically, though, he suffered from tuberculosis. Ooh. And in 1889, he passed away from it. 
and he passed away in the actual keeper's home on the property. So during his illness, his wife Kate took over everything. She ran the lighthouse. I There's love a lot of bad bitches in this. Bad bitches aplenty. Yeah. This is like a real like the women are just taken over and it seems like it's like all equal and awesome, which yeah. is cool. She helped with the keeper duties while raising the children and also taking care of William. And there was like 86 kids. Yeah. After his death, the community rallied right around her too and they signed a petition to have her appointed as the lighthouse keeper dude do you feel like that was like maria and like i feel like maria was pushing that yes a bit. and she was actually given the second keeper position and another keeper was moved into the head position but she lame. was still second keeper lame of them to um, not give her the head keeper position well and still really cool that the community rallied around her like they did like yeah. that's really cool so we have him who died in the house. And then we have like another cool like boss story. Yeah, boss bitch. But then September 24th, 1894, we're going to that the next head keeper had moved into his spot. That guy was Joseph Rantia. His wife ended up dying in the keeper's home. No, they got two. Yeah. It's unknown how. We think it's just an illness or something happened. It, there's no like murder involved. There's no like anything crazy yeah. or sensational. It was the 1800s. It was like natural yeah. causes because she was 25. Exactly. Because she was just a, a person. Yeah. Now he, <laughs> he was the keeper, the head keeper for 12 years. Okay. So people really love this job. They stick around for a while. They do. Now in 1873, a truly harrowing tragedy happened at St. Augustine Lighthouse. This is where it gets bleak. During this time, there was a massive amount of construction being done on the lighthouse. They were renovating some of it. A man named Hezekiah Pitty lived on the grounds of the lighthouse and took the job as superintendent of lighthouse construction. He and his wife Mary had five children, four daughters, and one son. In order to make things move smoother, a system was created for construction. The workers used a railway cart to bring the supplies to and from wherever they needed to go. This cart ran a path from the lighthouse construction site all the way down to the water where the ships carrying all the supplies would come in. The cart would travel down this path. It would be stopped by one single piece of wood that acted like a makeshift gate to keep the cart from flying into the water when mm. it was on the path. Right. And it worked because this cart was going down to the water empty at all times. Yeah. And then returning the other way full. But that wasn't always the case. Oh. You see, kids in the area like to use this as a ride. Yeah, what the hell Not else were they going to do back do. then? They would hop in this nice, you know, this once it was empty, they would hop in at the construction site and would ride it down the path to the water, only to be stopped by that all-important wooden board at the end. Uh-huh. They loved it. Seemed like innocent fun to the adults because 1800s. Right. You know? Now, on July 10th, 1873, 15-year-old Mary Pitty, 13-year-old Eliza Pitty, and four-year-old Carrie Pity were in the cart with a friend who is never named, but is said to have been about 10 years old, and they believe that she might have been the daughter of a worker, okay. one of the construction workers. They took the ride down without knowing the wooden makeshift gate was lifted from the last supply trip. Oh, no. And had just never been placed back down. So the cart flew directly into the water, and it flipped over on top of the girls and basically pinned them underwater. Oh, my God. A worker named Dan Session, a construction worker, saw this, ran as fast as he could, and to save them, I mean, he like lifted that cart up. He pulled them out himself, like he, like hero status, with his bare hands. But three of the four girls had drowned by the time oh. he had grabbed them. Only four-year-old Carrie lived. Oh wow! Yeah, the other three had died. Now the entire project was stopped. 
the entire town of St. Augustine completely shut down for the memorials and funerals. So sad. And so that is a huge tragedy that occurred on this land. Right outside of the lighthouse has direct Like right in the water. So we're going to keep, remember, we're going to keep all these tragedies in mind and then we're going to connect them back to some paranormal shit. Okay. But then in 1901, a man named Peter Rasmussen took over. That's who the listener tale Leanna was talking about. Cigars and manners. Yep. Took over as the head lighthouse keeper and he is actually the longest running keeper. He did it for 23 years. Wow. I told you, people love this job. They do. Now, like we said, Peter also, aside from loving cigars and loving to be like hate tourists and like being very strict. <laughs> yeah. He loved good fancy shit. He me, loved smoking me too. the best cigars, but he was super cranky. Uh, now, visitors and staff, well, I don't think he was like a bad guy. I think he was just a strict guy. Have you ever seen the movie guy. Grumpy Old Men? Yeah, he's just a grumpy guy. They're all like that. Now, visitors and staff will distinctly smell cigar smoke Ugh. when they go into the lighthouse keeper's home and grounds. Like Leanna said, she smelled smoke and it ain't easy being wheezy. She knows smoke. <laughs> She's asthmatic, so she could smell it. And that is something that all the staff say they smell all the time. Very distinct cigar smoke. Oh, man. The guys in our family love to have a cigar when oh, they're together. And yeah. the freaking odor that they come back inside it's, with. It's very distinct, too. It is. That's You know some cigar smoke. It's like a musky. Yeah. It's just like very, you know it. Yeah. They also, people will see a man in a suit in the basement of the keeper's home walking around and causing people to feel anxious. Oh. And they believe it looks like Rasmussen and it kind of makes sense that he would make people feel anxious because he's very strict. And, and they're very... like, I'm underdressed. And like Leanna said, he did not like when people wore hats indoors. Gentlemen, don't wear your hats. Mm. So and I think ladies he, too. he just has a vibe that's like, don't fuck up around me. I mean, I feel like I would strive to impress him. Yeah, I would. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I could make him my good old buddy. Yeah, I think I would. I think you would too. I absolutely love the look of false lashes. They instantly give my eyes like more definition, more drama. They make me feel sassy, you know? But I don't love how hard they are to apply sometimes or how messy lash glue can be if you make a mistake. I've literally glued my eye closed once, like I'm not joking you. And plus for me, it's too much of a hassle to put them on every single day. That is why I am freaking stoked about today's sponsor, Roderm. Roderm offers access to a clinically proven eyelash growth serum for people who want longer, thicker, darker lashes. And if this treatment is right for you, you can get it prescribed online. The results speak volumes. In a 16-week clinical trial, eyelashes grew by 25% in length, 106% in fullness, and 18% in darkness. To get your prescription eyelash growth serum, all you have to do is complete a free online visit and answer standard questions about your eye health and medical history. After you submit your information, a Roderm-affiliated healthcare provider will get back to you within 48 hours, and if prescribed, your eyelash growth serum will be delivered to your door with free two-day shipping. There's no need for an in-person appointment, and you always have the option to message your provider with questions, which makes it so convenient. Right now, if prescribed, new members will receive 10% off eyelash growth serum from Roderm when you go to roderm.com forward slash morbid. Shipping is free and you'll get free unlimited follow-ups with your healthcare provider to support you throughout your eyelash growth journey. Roderm.com forward slash morbid. 
So you heard it here first. We're going to make Peter Rasmussen our good old buddy. You can sit with us, Peter. Yeah, you can. It's fine. I meet Peter at the park. I get being cranky. I get yeah. it. Sorry if you can hear my chair moving. I'm like moving a lot. Uh, uh, sorry if you can hear my chair moving. I'm like moving. A lot. <laughs> I like that. There's a lot of movement I'm happening like here. I'm moving. I'm moving a little bit. My now, chair is like like squeaky and yours is like not. I know. I don't. Yeah. I yeah, listen. You're right. Because I'm moving around and I don't hear it. I have like a farting chair. <laughs> you, know? you have a gassy chair. Yeah. <laughs> she has ibs. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say it, but I was like, I'll let you say it. I'm always going to say it. I'm not going to out your ibs more than you already do. Peter would hate this conversation. Oh, Peter would be hard. Oh, no. Maybe we wouldn't make him I don't think old buddy. he would want to. Think of how often we burp. Yeah. He would not want to be our friend. Out. Oh, man. Sorry, Peter. And I do love a hat. It's true. I do love a hat. But I personally feel as though indoors it's bad luck. So. Oh, there you go. Mm. There's a lot of bad luck stuff. There is. I gotta have you make a list. I can do so. Because I feel like I commit a lot of these faux pas. Treasonous acts. These treasonous acts That are gonna get luck. you luck. Gonna get me got. You're gonna get so. you mal-luck. <laughs> mal-luck. Mal-luck. Well, let's get to the last lighthousekeeper. You know? Shall let's we? Let's get to him. We shall. He manned the lighthouse from 1953 to 1955 when it became automated. Ugh. Womp womp. Oh. His name was James Pippin. Every, yeah. <laughs> is this the audition for Pippin? Is this the audition for Pippin? <laughs> uh, every lighthouse keeper lived on site in the keeper's home during their time at, at the post. And James did as well. But he eventually moved out of that home and off site, which was never done before. I feel like that defeats the purpose of being the keeper. Well, he said the reason was that he said, quote, that big house was haunted and I will not stay another night in it. Ooh, so he was like, fuck that. No way. He said he would hear maddening footsteps all night upstairs, Ah, but no one was there. And he said he just couldn't stand it anymore. It just felt like people were walking around everywhere. Oh, I hate that. Now, I mentioned before that after that last lighthouse keeper, like we said right now, Mm -hmm. that light became automated. So now the lighthouse keeper's home was rented out because Ah. they didn't need to use it anymore. A man who was a leather crafter was renting it in the 1960s. He later reported that one night he woke up and he saw a little girl wearing a lace dress standing next to his bed, just staring at Get him. Get out of my room. And he said he shot up to look at her, and she just closed her eyes and vanished. Well, thank you for getting out of my room. She got out of it. She was like, sorry. She just closed her my eyes bad. and left? Just closed her eyes and vanished. I wish I could. Honestly, what a superpower. I know. You're just uncomfortable, and you're like, oop, <laughs> and I'm gone. And poop. Bye. Yeah, she, she was out of there. She was like, ooh, sorry. Sorry Didn't to mean disturb to wake you. you. I don't know. She's like a little creepy. She's watching you sleep and then she's like, oh, you woke up. No fun. Well, that's kind of what kids do, though. It makes sense. I guarantee you that was do like your the kids four-year-old watch you or sleep? Well, you'll just wake up and your kid's just standing there and they're like, mama, mama, like just staring at you. Ugh. And you'll open your eyes like, what? Ah. And they yeah. just like, yeah. They're that's weird. actually true. Your kid slept at my house not that long ago and I woke up to one of them just at the foot of my bed like needing something. And yeah. I was like, what the fuck? What What the fuck? And I was like, whoa. That's what kids do. They freak you out in the middle of the night. They do. So I, I believe it. Now, there's a ton of activity in the basement of the keeper's home. And up to this day and since 1955, people have reported it. And there are stories that a man may have hanged himself down there. Ooh. That's the only like real like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? But I didn't find any newspaper articles about this but again it was it could have been a long time ago and some of that stuff just wasn't reported yeah so but it is a story that is often told and the reason why there's a lot of activity down there they also think that maybe the kids like to play down there 
And that's why there's a lot of activity with the kids. Like they're still playing in the afterlife. And we'll get to that because they definitely are still playing in the afterlife. Awesome. Now, in the living room slash sitting room area, staff will often hear an older man coughing in the evenings when the place is completely empty. That would drive you insane. It would make me crazy. Elena fucking hates the sound of a cough. Oh, coughing and loud sneezes. Slurps. Slurps, sniffs. I have like a real issue with sound. You have misophonia. I really do because that it would make me absolutely daddy no i could not handle it <laughs> now that we've said you know when you're like talking about something i'm like i need to cough i know now. i almost i'm like i have to clear my throat now let mm, me clear my throat now they think this might be william harn who died of tuberculosis in the home it makes it, sense it reads it does it really does because i mean consumption of um it leads you to cough a lot and cough up blood and awful things oh, so gross, and he would spend a lot of time in the sitting room being taken care of when he was like ailing so it kind of makes sense i hate that he's still sick in the afterlife i know it's kind of a bummer that you just like perpetually cough or do you think maybe i don't know i don't want to get too theological with it oh go get with it i like do you think that like certain parts of your of your energy like stay somewhere but other parts of your energy go off yeah like maybe he's off somewhere but his like coughing is just hanging around because you you will hear these stories like i've read a little bit about like people just in a like perpetual loop right. in the afternoon like if somebody fell off a building they're just perpetually in a loop of falling off that building oh fuck that and it's like is the person in a loop of or falling is that, like or is there energy in that loop right and is it all of their energy because their energy did yeah. plenty of other things while they were on this like earthly plane yeah it's like field. are they really defined by that energy at the end of their life or is it, or are they because that's the thing that ended their life oh god but then like Oh, no. Yeah, no, I don't because know. then think of people that got, like, brutally murdered. They just get brutally murdered in the Maybe. afterlife forever. I don't know. That's horrific. I don't know. I don't, because there's all kinds of, I think there's all kinds of different, like, spiritual, uh, like, energies and how they present themselves. I Because I've read things about, like, perpetual loops like that, where you'll hear, hear the same thing over and over again. Yeah. But I just, it's very complicated. And well, and then is that like somebody in like a perpetual loop or did they have unfinished business and that's why they're in that loop? Does it need to be broken somehow? Who oh, knows? Oh, fuck. Do you know how much unfinished business I have like already? <laughs> I'm like, I can't die yet. You're like, I can't die. I got, I have to finish filing my taxes, you know? I do. Unfinished business. I do need to my do dudes. that. <laughs> that deadline is hasti- hastingly approaching. It is no. a lumen. Can you say hastingly? No, you can't. No. I was going to try to hastily? give it to you. Hastily. hastily. There you go. Hastily. Yeah. Approaching. With haste. All right. I'm leaving. <laughs> With See, much haste. I need to learn basic grammatics before I die. You've got it. Unfinished business. <laughs> we'll get you there. No. People will also see... A woman at the top of the observation deck in Always. a long white nightgown with her hair flowing. And they believe this is this is Joseph Andrew's wife, Maria. Oh, I Still want. manning that light, asking him what she should do. We're going. I need to meet the fucking legend that I is need Maria. To. I need to meet Maria. I would just say to her, you bad bitch. Yeah. And then I would explain, that's a good thing now, these days. Yeah, that is a good thing. Now, like, let me preface this by saying what yeah. I'm about to say is the highest form of compliment one can bestow upon right. thee. Yeah, and correct. then say, 
you bad bitch you bad bitch you are totally rufus <laughs> you are rufus <laughs> spread it around like wildfire <laughs> so a guest who went there because you can still go there you can take these tours uh i'll link it because it seems like a really cool place to go the people who run it seem like they really care about it and they run a really cool place there so i want everybody to give them as much business as they can if they can now a guest was walking up the staircase like ready to start a tour and suddenly they like almost tripped uh -huh. and they were like oh what the fuck and they looked down and their shoelace was tied to the railing oh my god and they were like and there they was clearly didn't do that there themselves. was no explanation for it no one on the tour could account for how it happened there were other people on the tour that were like i didn't see anybody do that do you like, think it was like one of the little kids and they think it might have been one of the little kids because that's a very much a little kid thing to do to be like yeah, I don't, I'm too naive and young to know that you could fall to your death by me doing this. Or like, plot twist. Was that person wearing a hat? Maybe. Was it Peter Rasmussen Peter being said, like, you're going to learn a lesson today. You are going to learn today. I don't know. Either way, you can also hear giggling a lot. They hear that, like, little girls giggling. They oh. hear it. Staff members hear it. Visitors will hear it. Oh, that just, like, reminds me of the Blair Witch Project when they're oh, in the yeah. tent, that one scene. And oh. it scares the fucking no, daylights out part. of me. Cause it, and you hear, see, like, the little hands no, on there. No, oh. no, 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 no. And you hear, like, kids, like, ah, no, okay, lifting things. Oh, oh, I just ooh, got the chills. Fuck. I hate that shit. It, no, look at my arm. Look at my arm. That's I have goosebumps. Oh, I hate that part. Oy. I hate that whole movie fucks me up, man. Oh, so it fucks me up, man. <laughs> it does. It really does. It does. <laughs> now, staff members will say that often they hear giggling at the top of the tower. And they'll go up to check because they're like, lolling. I hope that's not an actual child up like 219 like stairs up there. Uh, yeah, I usually So hope not. they'll head up there. And as they get up there, they don't hear it anymore. And then all of a sudden they hear it down at the bottom and they go down to the bottom. They hear it at the top. Oh, that's so cute. they're just like fucking with them. That kid just wants you to get your cardio. Yeah, in. they're like, you know what? Heart health is important. Honestly. So the owners up and in staff. February. Yeah, right. The owners and the staff think that this is definitely the pity girls and their friend mm -hmm. like playing hide and seek. Cute. Uh, they'll also lock and unlock doors. Not so cute. And doors that are very hard to push open will like slam open or mm. slam shut for no reason like they can't be blown by the wind this is just like yeah. a force is actually doing it that's wild now during another tour visitors and a guide used an emf reader to ask the girls if they wanted to play hide and seek and they got really intense readings and walked around trying to like play along with them mm -hmm. now apparently they were like walking around being like are you over here like i'm gonna find you like pretending to act that's like cute. you would with a kid and apparently they found that it was spiking again under the staircase and so they pretended to like find them by mm -hmm. being like found you mm -hmm. then the reading dropped and then they found it again by the kid's play table oh. so it was like they were like found you and they were like aha and they like ran right somewhere away. else like it worked out and it only stopped when more guests arrived in that area. And like then the they were like freaked stopped out. Because they didn't want to do it in front of everybody. Oh my goodness. Now this next one gave me chills. The whole fucking thing is giving me chills. So there are times when people on tours will see a young girl and they'll talk to her and then they find that she vanishes. She, they either look behind them and look back and she's gone or she's just not there all of a sudden you don't understand how badly i want to talk to like a ghost kid right and like i want to like not know and then later find out that i had that's what a I combo want. with a ghost yeah kid. i want to not know as it's happening right now often these girls are wearing period clothing and people think they're just in costume like as part of the tour or something but one time during a tour a woman walked up to another woman on the tour and was like 
your daughter is so adorable and she was so well behaved like I just wanted to tell you like she was just like being like a really cool woman complimenting another woman yes. which I was like fuck yeah because she just mom right she walked up to her and was just like your daughter is just so well behaved like I just wanted to tell you like great job great job mama and this woman was like wow that's really nice of you to say but um I don't have a daughter <laughs> oh fuck and she was like what I'm not sure what you're talking about not only was she like my daughter's not here today she was just like I straight up don't she was like have I literally daughter. don't have a daughter I love that she took the time to say thanks first she was like that's super thank nice thank you so much like i'm all about women supporting women and like moms supporting moms and like Ta-da. that was really cool of you to do but and like continue to do that with other people but <laughs> i don't me. have a daughter so the woman who had complimented her was like oh i'm sorry there was a little girl standing next to you this entire tour and she was being so well behaved and the other guests confirmed this as well they were like <gasps> yeah we saw that little girl and the woman was shocked and was like I don't have a child. Oh my God. I don't have a child with me. And it was later confirmed with records that no child had been present on that particular tour or any tour going on at that time. Bitch, I'm vibrating out here. Yes. So that one freaked me out the most that it was like there was a little girl standing with you the whole time. And she was like, excuse me? Oh my goodness. <laughs> they also found footprints in the dirt of a little kid with bare feet. Fucking But adorable. no children were on the grounds and the footprints just vanished into the keeper's house. That's so cute. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people would not have that reaction to that statement. No, but it but really I think is that's adorable. cute. Like a little barefooted ghost yes. kid. Just be like, doo, doo, doo. like I'm, I'm just going to go in for a snack. Just going to play some hide and seek. Cutie I'm going to hang out on this tour and see what they say about me. Like, I know. This, like, I'm just going to see how this goes. They're probably like, why are these people dressed like so shittily? So weird. Like, they look <laughs> horrible. What the fuck? Now, people around the lighthouse and visitor staff, this is a little scarier. They hear horrifying screams daily and nightly here. Awesome. And in fact, it has happened so often and the screams are so intense that the police have been called a lot because people think someone's being like injured or I hurt. I love that at one point you were like, nobody feels like it's like yeah. malevolent. Well, like, it's totally fine. Everyone feels happy. Here's the thing. that it's It's true. I will stand by that still. This they are attributing to Joseph Andrews' fall. That's what I was and thinking. And the fact that his screams were heard so far away but you're right like it's not a great thing but it's not something like that i think people it's feel is gonna like hurt them yeah but it's just like sad That's, more than anything yeah is that like you hear this like painful scream all the time right because you're like is that just happening like yeah, we you're were not just saying you're not just gonna like let it go no like they would have us believe happened in the kitty genovese case even they would just didn't. even though it didn't uh but you're not just gonna be like oh someone else will take care of that you gotta call and be like hey i don't know what's going on but i hear some shit like you yeah. should probably check it out don't don't fall for the for the bystander effect yeah don't do that but shane and ryan from buzzfeed unsolved came here you in mean 2019 our, our like counterparts, our, like, counterparts. Uh, it's a great episode. Yeah, you were showing <laughs> yeah. me clips. It's really good. And Ryan was very excited about going into this place, like, as he should be. Um, when they were in the parlor, I thought it was really interesting. They distinctly heard a man cough, and they got it on tape. Yeah, I heard that one. It's spooky as fuck. And um, is it Ryan who tries to, like, explain it away? No, that was Shane. Shane was, like, tries the, to explain yeah. it away a little bit. And I was like, I don't know, man. It, I was even, on Ryan's side. I will say, even Shane couldn't really explain this one away. He, he really tried couldn't. to, and he's usually pretty successful at making me be like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, but counterparts. This one, no, I was, it was, on, a cough. I was with Ryan. I was like, that was a cough. It was. That was a man's cough. And they were sitting in the living room, like parlor area. Right. It was crazy. And also, just to leave you on this, um, they did have a Ghost Hunters episode on, on this location, also in 2019, actually. And they set up um, REM pods on each level of the lighthouse. And a REM pod 
are like little electromagnetic field readers. Mm. So anytime like there's an ambient temp change and an ener- energy field disturbance, it will set them off. Like oh. you'll, you'll hear beeping and like lights. Very cool. And as they went up the spiral staircase, they all started going off together. And they were responding to questions. And there's also footage of a huge bang coming from the top of the stairs when no one else was in it. A huge bang freaks me the fuck out because that used to happen at Ma and Papa's house like from time to time. Yeah, that's scary to me. It sets my whole body on like... A flame. I just, (laughs) I sporadically combust every time it happens. It's really scary. Uh, Despite the tons of paranormal activity they found, Grant Wilson, who's like one of the ghost hunter guys, he said he felt safe. He didn't feel any malice from any of it, which makes sense because it's all either, you know, tragic accidents or keepers who just loved that lighthouse and seem not to want to leave it. And he actually told Kelsey Lloyd, who is the special programs manager at the lighthouse, that he believed it's becoming more and more active each time they visit because he said it just keeps getting more and more each time they're there. He said that's because he thinks the people who run that lighthouse love the building. They love and appreciate the history. And they love and appreciate and respect the people who called it home for so long. So they said, I think the spirits feel safe here. And, and they like feel like they can. to let themselves out. And which is like a really nice thing because you're like, wow, it's nice that it's being taken care of by people who want to like respect the history and yeah. show it. That was like so scary and beautiful. Yeah. And that's the St. Augustine Lighthouse. Much like yourself. Scary, <laughs> scary and beautiful. Scary and beautiful. Wow. The ultimate compliment. You're welcome. Thank you. Wow. I really liked that one because that one was like very wholesome. It was. It really made me like, I was like, I can't stop, won't stop. And there's also just <laughs> so much history with it. I there was is. like, wow. I want to go. It made me feel like, not because I felt bad for all these like tragedies that of happened course, there. Yeah. But it also made me feel like, wow, like these keepers really loved this fucking lighthouse. Yeah. Like I was like, damn. I love that. It was just like a nice thought. Um, Mine are not as like wholesome at all. In fact, my first <laughs> lighthouse is called Execution Rocks Lighthouse. I love that. Uh, it's in Long Island. I truly love that. And if you don't say Long, Long Island, Island, then you're wrong. <laughs> Long Island. <laughs> Long Island. We went through a period the other day where we just couldn't stop saying that. <laughs> so the Execution Rocks Lighthouse, I'm going to tell you about it. I love it. It is smack dab in the middle of New Rochelle City and Sands Point Village in Long Island. Long Island. Long Island. And it was built in 1849. And this is a fun fact. Designed by a man named Alexander Paris. Does that sound familiar? Yes, it does. He, fun fact, designed Boston's Quincy Market. I knew Ted. that sounded familiar. When I was reading it, I was like, Alexander Paris, who, why do I know that name? Is he, I wonder if he's related to Reverend Samuel, Samuel Paris from you the Salem. should Google that. I should. I'm going to look that up because all of a sudden I was like, wait a second. It's uh, if we're in Boston. Here, double R. It might be. Oh my gosh! Imagine Alexander. Oh wait, Paris. Alexander Hamilton. Samuel. Sam. Paris. Paris. Are you bros? Are you related? Let's. We're just on like ancestry.com. We're going to check. Brb. All right. There is an Alexander Paris that is related to him. Okay. I'll look deeper into this and I'll let you know. Okay. Cool. Very interesting question. Yeah. So yeah, Alexander Paris built this lighthouse and built more than just Boston Quincy's Market. He like built a few other things. <laughs> he, he built some stuff. He, he was an architect. Some so things and some buildings. They do be building. They but do. It wasn't until about like 20 years later that the keeper's house was built right next to the lighthouse itself. And before that, the keeper of the lighthouse would just sleep in the actual lighthouse itself. That's amazing. 
For me, I feel like that sounds like one of the scariest things ever. 100% it does. And not only because this place is haunted, but because it's literally just in the middle of the ocean on a fucking desolate ass island surrounded by (laughs) scary rocks named Execution Rocks. Yeah. I also just generally live by the rule that if there's like not a target nearby, it's not the homestead for me. And I doubt there's a target nearby. There wasn't. No. I don't think in 1849. No. Probably not. Yeah, I don't know. So you had to be, like it goes without saying, a brave ass human to decide to be the keeper of this lighthouse. And because of the reputation of this area was like so haunted and fucking precarious, it was actually the first case in which the U.S. Lighthouse Board allowed the keeper to take the job without signing a contract. Wow. Yeah. The book Spookiest Lighthouses by Terence Zepke, I think it is, suggested that this was because, quote, the only way to entice applicants was to let them know they could leave whenever they wanted. Oh my god! Like, they were like, so we would love for you to stay and take care of this lighthouse, but we do understand that it is uh, desolate and scary as fuck and also a little bit haunted. <laughs> a little bit haunted. So you don't have to sign the dotted line. Like, so you know what? You leave whenever you want. Yeah. You are not bound here. Yeah, so they're... Wow. You're sitting there and you're like, okay, it's haunted. But like, why do they need the option to leave like whenever they want? Yeah, literally in the middle of the night. (laughs) Because this lighthouse is incredibly haunted. What do U.S. News, PC Magazine, and Popular Science have in common? They all ranked Simply Safe Home Security as the best home security of 2021. In fact, US News just named Simply Safe the best home security system of 2022 as well. And Ashkel also named it the best ever because I'm obsessed with my Simply Safe. In fact, while we were recording this episode, I got this notification that said somebody was at my front door. And I said, Who the hell is at my front door? And then it t- turns out it's just my mail lady and I love her. So I was like, Hey, girl, thanks for the mail. That's the other thing. You can talk to the people like through your little doorknob video thing. I love it. Simply Safe protects your whole entire home around the clock, every door, every window, and room. It's backed by the best 24 7 professional monitoring in the business, and they're ready to dispatch police, firefighters, or EMTs to your home. With a comprehensive set of sensors and cameras, including the all-new wireless outdoor security camera, which I personally have and love, you always know what's going on inside and outside of your home. Literally, we'll, we'll be like sitting in the living room watching TV at night and I hear a noise and I'm like, what the fuck was that? And then I'm like, oh wait, I can literally just look at my camera and find out that that was probably a raccoon and not a burglar. A burglarer. Yeah, that's right. Simply Safe is less than a dollar a day, and you can set it up in around like 30 minutes. It's really simple to use. It didn't even take me 30 seconds. To, um, it took me a lot more than 30 seconds. It didn't even take me 30 <laughs> minutes, though, is what I meant to say. The There's, quickest installer in the land. <laughs> 30 seconds didn't even take me that long. There's never a long term contract. You can even try it for 60 days risk free to see if you like it. And if you don't, send it back free of charge. Simply Safe protects over a million homes in the United States alone. You can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash morbid. Go today and claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Go to simplysafe.com slash dude life is so freaking busy you got work you gotta like clean your house if you don't want to live in a pigsty you have groceries to buy if you want to eat and feed yourself it's like so much to do 
at the end of what can feel like an endless workday, the last thing I want to do is cook dinner. I'm like, no. In fact, I just texted Drew, what are we making for dinner? And he said, how about daily harvest? Because when your fridge is empty, the urge to order in and skip the cooking happens all too often. But thanks to daily harvest, I don't have that takeout temptation anymore. Daily harvest helps me keep my freezer fully stocked with options that are delivered right to my door. They're delicious, nourishing, and the best part is that they're ready within minutes. Daily Harvest delivers delicious harvest bowl soups, flatbread snacks, smoothies, lattes, cookie bites, and more built on organic fruits and vegetables. Daily Harvest has delicious options for any time of day. You got breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, dessert. Everything is always on hand in your freezer and ready to enjoy when you need it. I am obsessed with Daily Harvest. They have this freaking smoothie that tastes like it's ice cream. It's the strawberry and peach smoothie. I swear to God, I feel like I'm eating breakfast dessert. It's so good. And then at dinner, I just actually recently tried the tomato and basil flatbread and my mouth is actually starting to water. Like I'm going to have to swallow my spit in a minute because I really want that. It is absolutely delectable. See, I had to swallow my spit. With Daily Harvest, I never have to question if the food I'm eating is good for me. They create food that is both good for my health and the health of the planet. I love that. By supporting farmers who invest in practices that increase increase biodiversity and improve the health of our soil and delivering food in recyclable and compostable packaging, Daily Harvest does the work, so all you have to do is eat. And we all know I'm good at that, so thanks a lot, Daily Harvest. By the way, new on the scene is their delicious harvest bakes for those moments when you're looking for like homemade feels without any of the work. They are ready to bake veggie packed dishes sizzling with gourmet level flavors that are big enough to share, but like you're not going to want to. Avoid the takeout temptation and get Daily Harvest. Go to dailyharvest.com morbid to get up to $40 off your first box. That's dailyharvest.com morbid for up to $40 off your first box. dailyharvest.com morbid. It got its name Execution Rocks because any ship that wrecked onto the rocks would lose all its passengers like right away. Cool. Because they were just so intense like immediately your boat would just be like goodbye just shattered (laughs) goodbye goodbye ciao (laughs) ta-ta for now ta-ta forever (laughs) and over the years people just started saying that everyone on board was executed by the rocks oh that's really creepy but like really metal yeah both yeah get you a rock who can do both (laughs) yes and they did and they did the damn thing i'm also like i'm sure some of the hauntings came from the sailors who lost their lives on the rocks for sure but sailors were not the only ones who lost their lives on the rocks rocks man say rocks again if these rocks could talk rocks (laughs) back in the day though the british they were like trying to avoid doing public executions because they didn't want to give the colonists another reason to be all pissed off at them yeah of course so they decided on this other totally humane way to you know execute those who had broken the law and it involves rocks so i'm sure it's completely fine it's super humane they would bring the criminals to the rocks surrounding the island during low tide uh, chain them to said rocks yeah, see where this is going and leave them there to wait until the tide would come in and eventually drown them slowly yeah oh inch do you by inch want to know how slow yeah the whole process of them being drowned would take 10 to 12 hours my they would just slowly watch that water rise yeah oh and the tide would keep going in and out so like it would get a little bit closer maybe cover like your waist and then go back out again and then coming even more and like you're starting to swallow water so you're drowning 
like as slow as humanly possible girlies that's not humane girlies that ain't it <laughs> that is not humane that is not you are incorrect it was torturous and like if the whole process itself wasn't torturous enough they like some people said that they would apparently leave the bodies of the previously executed people there oh. just still chained to the rocks i believe that in order to just scare the next batch of criminals that would be brought to their final resting yeah. place they're like this is what you have to look forward to yeah so people who lived nearby would hear the men like screaming For from help? the beaches oh god and it went all hours of the night and still to this day people report hearing screams coming from the island in the area of those rocks ah. Yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like that. Just like that. Louder, though. That was, a, that was like, not even in my control. No. That scream. That, that was, just came out. That's yeah. all I had. That was an involuntary movement. Just, ah, yeah. I don't like it. That's, like... That's really gnarly. The most. That's very gnarly. You think that's gnarly? I do. We're I, gonna... I, I, yes. It, it is gnarly. Yeah. But we're gonna introduce a character that you know. So, that I know? That I love? No. Okay. I hope not, at least. Oh, no. Okay, so according to that book that I mentioned earlier, Spookiest Lighthouses. Spooky. There was this psychic, and I know how you feel, but, like, I think she was onto something. Uh, hey, some of them are. Yeah. She visited the lighthouse on one occasion, and she said she felt the spirit of a, quote, aggravated male. Ooh. There was an aggravated male energy in the air. Isn't See, I there always? Her. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. You could just say that. You could say that at, like, a Tedeschi's, <laughs> yeah, and you're probably yeah. right. There's an aggravated male. Yeah. So looking into the history of the lighthouse and the area surrounding it, a lot of people have come to the conclusion that that man could be someone we've talked about on the show before, one Carl Panzram. <gasps> Stop. Because he used the ocean surrounding the island to dispose of a good amount of people that he had murdered. Yes, when you said Execution Rock, yes. for some I remember being like, why do I know that? But mm -hmm. I didn't, it just wasn't ringing a bell. He would literally throw the bodies like a hundred yards away from the Holy lighthouse. Holy shit. Yeah. Carl. Freaking Carl. Pans Ram. Pans Mania. Yeah. Some truly. people, so some people are like, okay, it could be Carl, definitely. I, I mean, he was an aggravated male. He was That's an for sure. angry spirit. It's one way to describe him. So they're like, it could be Carl, or it could be one of the people who Carl murdered and then disposed of in the area. Yeah. And interestingly enough, people who stayed at the lighthouse say that they feel pressure on their chests, Ooh. especially in the living room of the house, I guess. And Carl Panzerham did strangle a few of his victims. Yep. So I wonder if that could have something to do with it. Oh, if Carl's just hanging out there, just like hurting people still? still I mean, I fully Fuck. believe that he would do so. 100%. Or it could even be the feeling of like not being able to breathe yeah, because drowning. of all the people who drowned. Right? Absolutely. So while the Coast Guard was running and caring for the lighthouse before it became automated. Automated. Boo. Boo to automated lights. Yeah, it's like, come on, just... I want it to be old We school. need an old wily keeper. We do. That's who we need. So while they were still caring for it, some members of the Coast Guard who spent the night there said that the alarms would go off all the time and they could, like, couldn't figure out why and oh. they could never find a source for it. But there were actually two fires that took place in the history of the lighthouse. So I kind of feel like maybe it's the lighthouse itself just trying to keep everybody on their toes. Yeah, it's just like, hey, you wake. Hey, are you up? Be on alert. Hello. Just in case. So if you are like brave enough to spend the night at Execution Rocks Lighthouse awesome. and you know, maybe you want to experience something funky, you can spend the night. Okay. You can spend the night. It doesn't really sound like a very um, luxurious experience. So like keep that in mind. <laughs> keep if you're that someone in mind like me. when booking your stay. Yeah. You have to take 
I I saw some people say that the boat ride was 25 minutes and other people say 45. So obviously it just depends on where you're taking your boat from. Yeah. Um, But you have to be able to like endure that boat ride, be able to climb a ladder onto the island itself because it's literally like you like craggy rocks. Yes. Like you pull up in your boat and then you have to like reach over to the ladder and steady yourself and climb onto the island. Whoa. Yeah. Like, no, thank you. And then if you want to go into like the lighthouse this way, you can do so. There's a tiny little passageway that connects the lighthouse to the keeper's house. So you can go through there. I love it. I want to do that so bad. But I have seen it recommended in literally every source on the lighthouse that you have to wear closed toe shoes. I mean, that makes sense. Also be aware that there is no running water. And okay, I hate that. You also need to be prepared to spend the night on a cot if you are spending the night. I mean, all that sounds pretty terrible. It does. So I would like to make you aware that um, day trips are also available. Okay, I was going to ask that. I was if like, I would like to do a day trip. Yeah, maybe you're too scared of the hauntings or maybe you're like me and you're too scared of the lack of running water. Yeah, see, that's where I'm out. Yeah. Like, that's where I've checked out of this whole thing. But like... I'll go at night and do like a ghosty tour and then be like, bye. And I think you can. I saw that they did like this cool like Halloween boat ride oh, around I love the area. They do that shit. Yeah, it was fun. Um, so you can do a day trip. You can do a night trip. You can just do as you please. It's not that far either. But please also be aware that according to visitalltheplaces.com, there are cannibalistic seagulls that live on the island and there are apparently bird bones all over the place. And this source, visitalltheplaces.com, had pictures. Uh, like, And there were bones everywhere. Oh. Seagull bones, just everywhere. Okay. I mean, as as not a seagull, I feel okay with that. Like, I'm like, I don't want, I'm, I'm sorry, seagulls. But yeah. like, I feel okay. What if they become like... What uh, if they branch out? Yeah, what if they branch out? And they're just like, I'm sick of my own. What if they eat too many seagulls and then there's none left and then they have to start, start eating Start coming humans? at the tourists. I mean... I mean, bring a parasol, I suppose. Yeah. And just whoop, whoop. Get out of here. That's our sounds of fighting off seagulls. You're whoop, 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 whoop. And (laughs) That's it. So (laughs) that's Execution Rock's Lighthouse. Damn. I want to go there. Yeah. It was recommended a lot in the, um, like folder where we have it in the gmail but nobody yeah. had any experiences really? there so if you have had an execution rocks experience i would love to Please hear about tell it. us because we're gonna go there at some point yeah long it's island. not that far at all I, how many fucking times have we been to long island long island i love long family island. on long island hi cousins hello cousins hi, you know who you are i hope <laughs> imagine if somebody was like i'm your cousin i'm whoa 23 and me i mean yeah I know my cousins, okay? I know my cousins. <laughs> I know most of them. I know them. I, I know them, whatever. <laughs> cousins, you know what I mean? Cousins. <laughs> it's losing all meaning. It is. It's like rocks. Say rocks True. again. Rocks. So my next lighthouse is Wood Island Lighthouse, and it's in Saco Bay, Maine. Oh, okay. We're staying on the East Coast. I like it. Yeah, I didn't even do that on purpose. These are to places be we can easily go to. I like that. We could. So this lighthouse and keeper's home, they were built in 1808 by Benjamin Beale and Duncan Thaxter. Yep. Like, I believe that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was, was like, like, I'm for that. You were born to build things. Yeah, lighthouses especially. Or maybe not. Oh. The original lighthouse was about 45 feet tall, and it stood next to the keeper's house, which was so fucking small. I was going to say. When it was first built, it was a one-story home with measurements of 17 by 26 feet. 
That's tiny. That's a tiny. That's like all you people out there that want tiny homes. Here you go. That's tiny small. <laughs> that's tiny small. <laughs> Close quarters, if you will. Yeah, you got to be real friendly with whoever you live with. Hopefully, you just live solo dolo. Yeah. So the lighthouse itself actually had to be rebuilt multiple times. I feel like a lot of them have to. Yeah, I mean it makes sense because they're built in like the 1800s and, and then next to the sea. Which is yeah. like, that sea is going to eat that eventually. Erosion is like, a thing. That's how the sea rolls. Yeah, but this one was built like horribly. Um, the original builder's work was really bad. And then the second build was somehow worse than the first. Good. And just left plaster like di- dripping into the ocean. Cool. We're learning from our mistakes. I we see. are. We are. Totally. Finally, in about 1854, we did learn from our mistakes. Because cool. that's when the final build took place. And in the rebuild, they actually attached the keeper's house to the lighthouse with like a covered walkway. Ooh. So it was very luxurious I know. for lighthouse vibes. <laughs> and eventually in the 1900s, a second story was added to the keeper's house. Look at that. We're moving up. I know. Luckily, the builder in 1854 knew what he was doing because it was the last time Wood Island Lighthouse needed to be restructured. Ooh. And today it's known as the second oldest lighthouse in Maine. Oh, we love to see it. I know. Maybe the next... I don't know if this one is um, haunted, but it is the oldest in Maine. Portland Headlight. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully it's haunted. I'm assuming that's haunted. We'll look into it. Right in if you think it is. Yeah. Have you been there? Yeah. I don't know. So throughout the years, the lighthouse has had more than 200 keepers. Whoa. But one of the most famous keepers... I said famous. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. One of the most (laughs) famous keepers... Famous. ...is Thomas Orcutt. Orcutt. Or cut. And he served as keeper from 1886 to 1905. Wow, look at him. Turn of the century. He started almost 80 years after the lighthouse was originally built, and he moved onto the island with his little dog, Sailor. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. And in 1873, a fog bell tower was built near the lighthouse, and a 1,300-pound bell was placed inside. Damn. Thomas's dog, Sailor, somehow learned to ring the bell for himself, and even like even though there was an automated way for the bell to ring, Sailor was like us, and he was like, "I'd like to keep it old school, please." Yeah, and he, he was became, like, "I'm working in this lighthouse." He became the famous bell ringer. Oh my God, stop! This, Any, that's precious. Anytime a ship would pass and sound off, Sailor would do the same in return. That's precious. Like, oh my God, can you imagine if you like sound off when you come in and you hear that bell ring and you're like, "Thanks, Sailor." It's Sailor. He oh. became famous. They wrote like multiple newspaper articles I about love him. It. Good, I know. Good for Sailor. I know. You know? Get it, man. So Thomas Orcutt was still serving as the keeper in the late 1890s when the island's most famous tragedy took place. Uh-oh. So I'm going to tell you a little story. Tell me a story. In 1896, there were two 24-year-old guys living in a shack on the opposite side of the island. It was a pretty big island. Um, the shack was really supposed to be used as like a den for hens. But the man who owned the structure, Frederick Milliken, knew that these two men named Howard Hobbs and William Moses were just like having hard times. So he was like, you know what? Why don't you just live there? Just pay me like a small amount in rent and like just don't be dicks. <laughs> don't be dicks. All right. Yeah. That's really all I have to and ask. Frederick was like a business kind of guy. He was an officer and also a game warden. And he lived on the island in his own home. Now, his home and the little shack were where Hobbs and Moses lived, those were the only two buildings on the island other than the lighthouse and the keeper's house. Mm-hmm. And like I said, they were on opposite sides of the 35-acre island. Oh. So this is fucking huge. Yeah. So on Sunday, May, f- May 31st, 1896, William and Howard had spent the day drinking at Old Orchard, which is hilarious because that was going on in 1896 
and is still happening today. I was going to say, it doesn't feel different. Like I've gone drinking at Old Orchard. A little snapshot. I know. Weird. I'm like, that's crazy. So they got to that point where their drinking was making them act a fool. And at one point, the sheriff in Old Orchard actually detained them. Oh, they were really acting a fool. Oh, they were acting a (laughs) fool with a capital F. Yeah. So the sheriff detains them and they're like, we're going to put you in the drunk tank if you don't get your shit together. Yeah. Somehow they were able to convince the sheriff that they would like clean their act up. We're but, fine. But they didn't. No. They spent the night in Old Orchard and spent most of the next day in Old Orchard as well, drinking the day away. Oh, I feel sick just listening to this. I know, honestly. But they probably at that point needed like some hair of the dog. Yeah. So by the late afternoon, they were ready to make their way back home. They hopped in their small boat and they headed toward Wood Island. And when they got back to the island, they ran into their landlord, Frederick Milliken. And they owed him some money. And they're acting a fool. And they're acting a fool, which is of no interest to Frederick. Yeah, I'm with Frederick. I'm not interested. So they passed by and Milliken told Howard Hobbs that he needed to speak with him later on. I think William Moses seemed to be doing all right with his rent, but it was really Howard Hobbs that was like not killing it with the rent game. Come on, Hobbs. Yeah, it's like, don't keep buying beer. You gotta pay for your hen den. Yeah. Okay. You sure do. So Hobbs and Moses acknowledged Milliken and they were like, yep, we'll be out in just a minute. Like, we're just going to go pee, I guess. (laughs) We're going to go do those things. Yeah. So first they wanted to drop off their stuff at home and Hobbs wanted to grab his rifle so that they could do some bird hunting. So Moses knew that Hobbs had been drinking all day and he was still pretty drunk. So he was like, maybe you should like leave that gun behind because you're like shit faced. Yeah. And Hobbs was like, "Ah, I'm I'm fine. Direct quote. It is. I took that from a newspaper. Yep. (laughs) You delivered it beautifully. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I worked on it. I knew you did. I I could tell. And he paid took, off. He took his rifle with him. He did. After his room. Yeah, of course he did. He wasn't so, going to leave that rifle. No, he's got to go. He said it. I heard it. Plain as day. He did. He yeah. said, I'm taking this with me. <laughs> yeah. And then he said, I'm going to hunt some birds. Yeah. So they walk back over toward Milliken's place and he notices the gun and he's like, is that loaded? Because he's like, you're not in any position to be carrying around a loaded yeah, he's gun. He's like, I'm asshole. a little fucking terrified of you right now. Yeah. So Hobbs got within arm's reach as he told Milliken that the gun was not loaded. But Milliken was like let me see that for myself and started to grab the gun away from him and that was not great he reached forward and as he did so Hobbs picked up the gun and this is a rifle yeah picked up the gun does whatever he does with it and shot Milliken point blank in the chest (gasps) oh no Hobbs and Milliken's wife had been standing in the doorway the entire time so she her son and william moses were now witnesses to a crime in a remote hybrid world when information is just scattered across tools it's so hard to have the full context to get your work done especially when you're working cross-functionally Notion, though, provides a home base for your organization and your team by combining note-taking, document-sharing, project management, and wikis into one tool, giving your teams full transparency into each other's projects and everyday workflows. For companies of all sizes, Notion provides one central and customizable workspace that can be tailored to fit any team and bring all teams together to get more done and move faster. And if you own a small business or a big business or any kind of business, you know that you got to move quickly. 
What sets Notion apart from all other project management tools is that it not only allows you to be more efficient in your work life, but can seamlessly transition into being a useful tool in your personal life. Notion is an all-in-one team collaboration tool that combines note-taking, document sharing, wikis, project management, and so much more into one space that is simple, powerful, and beautifully designed. With powerful integrations, an API, and seamless navigation, you'll have everything you need in one spot so that you can make speed your advantage without the silos and context switching that slow companies down. Plus, Notion has a worldwide network of millions of users creating templates, tutorials, and new inspiration. The product is getting better all the time, and you will always have the support that you need. Learn more and get started for free at Notion.com slash morbid. That's Notion.com slash morbid to help you take the first step toward an organized, happier team today. Notion.com slash morbid. no so mrs milliken goes and gets her husband and like carries him inside and gets him settled because he's still breathing at this point oh my god and she has him lay down and she sends william moses to get a doctor but he has to like row to another island to get a doctor or to to other land to get a doctor and she tries to get the gun away from howard hobbs she's like you gotta stop take like get that out of here you you gotta stop shooting people please yeah so he gets mad and he threatens to shoot her too if she touches his gun he's like i don't want her touching my gun and apparently at this point frederick like raised his head frederick milliken and was like she's never done anything to you like you leave her alone oh what you know a man yes he's a like good man dying from a gunshot wound. look at him he's just like no what leave my my wife alone yeah you dick you actual asshole <laughs> so instead of escalating the situation more mrs milliken looks at howard and she's like go get the lighthouse keeper like we need somebody to come help and remember this is thomas orcutt i was like mm. <laughs> What? she's sending the guy who did it to she go is get this she guy. certainly is i'm like i don't know if you should send him away thomas is fine don't worry. i don't know okay cool so back then light keepers lighthouse keepers were actually like in charge a little bit like they held some kind of authority yeah so thomas orcutt needed to be aware that a man had just been shot on the island yeah that's a big deal so as soon as hobbs relays the story to orcutt the two men run back over to milliken's home but they learn that he had died while they were Aww. on their way back and as soon as he heard, Howard Hobbs rushed back with his shotgun in tow, or not a shotgun, his rifle in tow, sits on his couch in his hen den, writes down a letter saying that he's doing what he's about to do, and he shoots one shot into his right temple. Oh. So when the police arrive on scene, Mrs. Milliken explained the whole situation and told him, told the police the only reason her husband wanted to speak with Mr. Hobbs was because he hadn't paid his rent in a while, and there was no sign that any of this would have happened no of course not so these days people who visit wood island claim that they hear shouting voices and they can hear them from the lighthouse and they will also see dark figures appear out of nowhere and vanish without vanish without a trace and a lot of people have come to the conclusion that the island is being haunted by frederick milliken and howard hobbs yeah of course now i believe it so like that's the end of that story just ended really tragically Yeah, that's like bummer and now they're haunting the island yeah they are and now like apparently there's some like wily mischievous ghosts or other people are because during like some restoration of the keeper's home and the lighthouse itself the people working on the project would lose their tools or just like misplace different things and then find them somewhere totally random and they were like i definitely didn't put that there that's wily 
It is wily. Yeah. And a set of keepers once thought that they had lost a bunch of wax pencils that they needed to post weather updates. Oh, yeah. And they found an entire batch of them just hidden in a storage room. They just hid them. Yeah. I love that they're just hiding things. I was like, I feel like Howard Hobbs is like getting litty titty in the afterlife and just <laughs> well, doing this 100%. for a person. And like maybe Frederick Milligan is like, it's OK. Like, I'll help you hide this. Like, I, we can I bro know. out in the afterlife. We can bro out after you murdered me after getting Cold drunk. blood. I know. For no reason after just getting drunk for two days literally on orchard beach and i think he was drunk like all the time yeah based on the... it sounds like it it does Oy. so one night some of the crew working on these restoration they thought it would be a good night a good idea if they just spent the night on location because it was kind of a long drive for them of course they were like we don't want to have to drive the next no. morning but they were up all night hearing different voices and they heard the shouting and they started hearing people running throughout the building. Oh. But like they would wake up and all of them would be accounted for and they'd look around and oh. no one would be there. And like running. Yeah. Oh. So they were like, no, like we are leaving. And legend has it, they are not the only people who heard voices in the building. Apparently, and I couldn't find anything to validate this, but it's a fun haunted thing. Yeah. Well, it's not fun. But there was once a keeper who was also driven so crazy by all the voices that he was hearing. So he jumped off the roof of the Whoa. lighthouse to his death. Oh, damn. Legend has it. Legend has it. And that is Wood Island Lighthouse. Damn. Damn. Wow, we hit some good lighthouses this We really time. did. And I'm so, like, I was like, there was a couple that I wanted to put on my list, but then this would have been, like, 400 years long. Exactly. So I'm already ready for the next one. Oh, and now we can just keep going with them. Because exactly. this is so much fun. And I would love to open up the next mm. one with a tale about one of the lighthouses we talked about today. Yeah. So if you have been to Wood Island lighthouse execution rocks lighthouse or saint augustine lighthouse mm -hmm. let us know about your experience yeah and keep sending any of them in because we also like like we did today we opened up with one we're doing today and mm -hmm. one that we've already done and it's really cool to have that like yeah it's fun interconnected in there so this has been awesome and you can send those to morbidpodcast at gmail.com and just put like lighthouse or spooky lighthouse yeah. in the uh in the subject. I was like, what's Anything with, just to make sure we know it's a lighthouse thing. Yeah. And then we can pick it out pretty easily and it's easier just to like organize that way. Yeah. But you guys have been awesome. We're excited to make this a spooky week. I am like, I'm living in the spooky oh, I'm zone fully right in now. the spooky mood right I now. I feel like I can like hear it in my own voice. I think, you know what I think happens? This happens to me every year. What? We get closer to June when like summer's about to begin. And I feel more and more like I need fall. Yeah. It's like as soon as June hits, I'm like, okay, well, I'm over this. I want fall. Yeah. And I'm already in that mode of like, we're nearing summer and I, I want fall. I also want fall. So, but I can, I can smell it. It's coming. It's, yeah. It's coming. For it's sure. A, it's a few months. It's not that far away. I, I mean, a few months, it will be summer, but yeah. It's four months till pre-October. That's not bad. That's really not. Four months is nothing. Ooh, that makes me nervous because then that's only like a year until my wedding. Yeah. Lots of and actually four months until uh, my book comes out September yeah, 13th, bitch. The Butcher and the Wren. You can pre-order it anywhere you want right now. Tinyurl.com slash The Butcher and the Wren. Or you can get it at Waterstones and that's a signed copy, guys. Go get it. Hey. <laughs> Look at that. Well, a natural slip in. That was like a good one. I'm saying. Well, we hope you buy Elena's book. Yeah. We at Waterstones you... if you want. <laughs> they have signed copies. <laughs> and we hope you keep listening. And we hope you keep it weird.
weird and definitely keep it so weird that if you write a book someday and you have a podcast you just talk about it on your podcast so everybody buys it because everybody should buy it because it's a really Yay. great but then it's a really great book tinyurl.com slash the butcher in the red or go to waterstones to buy a signed copy May the watermen come to bring us sugar and tea and rum one day when the tongue is done we'll take our leave and go Follow Morbid on the Wondery app, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to episodes early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Hey, weirdos. We have a ton of episodes that we think you will just love, but if you scroll down the feed just a bit, there's one we think you should definitely check out if you missed it. Episode 531, Tom Bird and Lorna Anderson Eldridge, is one of our favorite episodes. And you might even get a little bit more out of it, especially in light of the viral TikTok series, Who the Fuck Did I Marry?, that is taking the internet by storm. Here's the deal, you guys. Tom Bird and Lorna Anderson, they wanted to spend their lives together. But there was a catch. They were already married to other people. So they did as deviants do and they devised a mischievous and murderous plan to rid themselves of their respective spouses. But just how far were they willing to go with their lies? And would they get away with it? You can find this episode by following Morbid and scrolling back a little bit to episode 531, Tom Bird and Lorna Anderson Eldridge, or by searching Morbid Bird Anderson wherever you listen to podcasts.